Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I think we have like what's called a wintry mix right now, Sue. Would you, yeah, would you confirm I, that? It's difficult for me to see over here. You have, at first we called it uh, sleet. Now you're thinking it's more of a rain-snow mix. I saw a little bit of snow, but let's find out what would from you call meteorologist it? Dave Murray, see what he would call oh, this there right you now. Go. Because it seemed like it was rain, then it was sleeting, and now we get a little snow mixed in. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great. Yeah, it, It's a mix right now in downtown. The further west you go, Especially, man, you get past 270, it's snow. You get mm. go to the north, same thing, past 270, it is snow. The critical temperature for that is 34, 35. We're 36 right now downtown. So we're about ready to kick over to all snow. It's, not, it's just the tail end of this system that was primarily rain. So on the back edge, the wraparound of this low pressure that, that is developing and, and gaining strength as it goes in, to the Great Lakes. But I still kind of like the idea of one, maybe two inches of snow, especially on the grassy surfaces, trees, parked cars. The road temperatures will stay above freezing while it is snowing, but there could be some slush on the roadways, things like that. So a little extra care out there. All is gone by nine o'clock, probably at the latest. Strong, gusty winds overnight. Some of the winds pushing 40, 45 miles per hour will eventually go down to 25 degrees. Then we go into a wild weather pattern that's going to take us through the next six, seven, maybe even eight days. Fairly quiet tomorrow. Could be a couple of snow flurries around in the morning. Changeable sky, gusty winds. Thursday's a pretty day, partly sunny, 45, pretty day for January anyway. The next storm system is going to be late Thursday night and Friday. It will start as a rain, sleet, snow mix going over to all snow as we go into Friday afternoon and Friday evening. So the all snow is Friday afternoon, Friday evening. A few inches possible of this. Temperature is still kind of borderline. We'll get up to 39, but we'll be around 30 degrees come 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That blows in, that blows out. The next storm will be, and it's not a big one, will be Sunday with some light snow around on Sunday. Probably some small accumulations, but that's about it. The big deal is going to be the temperature change. No problems tomorrow. No problems Thursday. Friday, it starts to drop a little bit. But Friday night, we go down to 15 for the overnight low. Wind chills near zero. Saturday, the high is 25. Wind chills near zero Saturday morning. Saturday night, clouds, a couple of snow flurries, and five for the overnight low. Sunday, we'll be lucky if we hit 20 degrees. And Monday, we'll be lucky if we hit 10 degrees. Mm. Well, I hate, I hate it. Wow. I hate it. I hate it. Here's the, the kind of snow you we should have. I knew it was coming, Sue. I yep, did. You're right. Dave, if, if, if it snows, okay. But I don't like it when it's that cold afterward. Then it just drags on forever, and we got ice and stuff melting. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. The good, the good news is any accumulation we see this evening will be completely gone by Thursday. In fact, most of it will be gone probably tomorrow afternoon. Then the stuff on Friday... Whatever falls Friday afternoon, Friday evening, will stick around for several days. 
But it's not a, I don't see this as a huge snowstorm by any means, but I could see a few inches of snow coming out of this thing Friday. And then this cold, which is all the cold has been in Asia and Europe so far this winter. The, the Arctic has shifted just a little bit, so now that cold is pouring into the middle of the country. It will eventually go all the way to the East Coast. And then let's take this out for about six, seven, eight days. Then things will start to moderate a little bit. And I'm anticipating another cold surge come the middle of February. So some of yes, this is going it's, it's, to affect the Iowa caucuses on Monday, too. I mean, they're, they're getting some of this. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of events uh, yesterday had to be canceled up there. So, you know, and, and it's going to be cold. There's no question about that. But come on, they're from Iowa. They're tough. Yeah, they can tough it. All right, Dave, thanks for the update. A lot going on. Thanks. We'll see where this takes us. All right. Um, that, that's, I, I'm yeah. with you, though, Sue. I'd rather have 20 five to 30 degrees and more snow than five degrees or below zero. You know, when I first checked the, uh, the weather app this morning on Monday morning, it said minus nine. And then Dave said, I checked it. It's now it says minus five. So maybe it'll trend in a more positive direction, but good Lord, that's, I'm just feeling cold hearing all this. Fred. Yes. Well, we're conditioned a little bit, though, if you in think about studio. it, because the studio is <laughs> right. about 15 yeah. on a regular yeah, basis. A yeah. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service, MrAppliance.com. On this day in history, 40 years ago, we got some music this, Mark. In 1984... Van Halen released their sixth album. Oh, yes. 1984, which featured this. And others. This, of course, is Jump, but it takes forever to get there. That's a little intro. Here's the first post. This was, uh, I would say, the more poppy um, yeah. Van Halen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know had what? a lot of hits before this. I get up and nothing gets me down. Ah, yes. I, I, I thought, you know what? We could play something different from this album. I'll pull out Hot for Teacher. But it goes on for 10 years before we actually get to any kind of, uh, you know, there's talking, actually. And so I pulled this instead. Just a little Panama. I like this one. Yeah. We might have this one as a bump, don't we, Abby? If we don't, we should. Well, let's put it in. <laughs> I got some Van Halen in there. I know that. I, I was early in on Van Halen 1 and 2 and Women and Children first. Were What's you interesting in? is this This was not my favorite album. By really? I like the first three much better. Interesting. Sure. But big hits. There's big no hits, doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. And then 17 years ago today, 17 years ago, that's in 2007, Steve Jobs unveiled the first, well, the iPhone. In its first 10 years, Apple sold more than 1.2 billion iPhones worldwide. And that's from 2007 to, to uh, 2017, obviously. But that was only 17 years ago. Now, we think only 17 years ago. Abby thinks what? My whole life almost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It's just yeah. crazy. And I also noticed today, and this is sad, but uh, the two it's been two years since Bob Saget passed away. Can you believe that? I saw reference to that on Twitter today. I can't believe it. Yeah, uh, It's been two years. That happened in 2022. He'd fallen, hit his head, and passed away in uh, the hotel room. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about this. 
We've got updates. The crazy emergency landing in that Alaska Airlines flight made last Friday. We talked briefly about some of this yesterday. That was after a hole opened up in the side of the plane. And they had a picture. Uh, the kid who was in the same aisle, just two seats away from the hole, the refrigerator-sized hole that opened up, uh, took a selfie of himself. He had moved to a different part of the plane with like barely any shirt on because it had shredded it all. And uh, people were saying, yeah, just two seats over, and this could be a totally different deal. They found the door plug, the the panel that was ripped off. It was found found in the backyard of a Portland-area teacher named Bob. He walks out into the backyard and finds it and calls the authorities and says, what is this? And then the NTSB says they're going to collect the door and analyze it to learn more about what went wrong. And we talked about the cell phones. Two cell phones have been found. Wait, which, two? Two. Okay, I didn't know Which that. apparently were sucked out of the plane after the hole ripped open at 16,000 feet. One was the iPhone, and it was perfectly intact and working. It's even, okay, when they found it, it was open to a baggage claim receipt. <laughs> Someone had actually looked at it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. They don't say what the other phone was. But, yeah, they have found two so far. But, you know, it could be scattered all over the place. Who knows how many there are that got sucked out of there? Yeah, the person who found the uh, the iPhone on Twitter said, uh, found an iPhone on the side of the road, still in airplane mode with half battery and open to a baggage claim for Alaska Airlines, survived 16,000 foot drop, perfectly intact. That is nuts. That is and, nuts. And then, yeah, I guess that person tweeted out, when I called it in, Zoe at NTSB said it was the second phone to be found. No door yet, but they have found the plug now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they found the door. Of the, the Yeah, they did find yeah, it. They found, right. the, they found door. the door that, plug. That, was, that tweet was time oh, before they found right. it, in other words. Oh, yeah, okay, they, okay. They have found it now. Now I'm, I'm with you. Uh, we talked to Ian Shear about uh, what's uh, some new stuff at CES. We, they, you know, he talked about that new oven that's a, as fast as a microwave. They claim it does it does not give chicken and other meat that rubbery texture like a microwave. They say that you can bake in it, and you can make a cake baked in under four minutes. Would wow. you? I, I, I'm suspicious. I just. I can't imagine. Well, I, I referenced that it's infrared a, thing that they talked about, too, that can cook a ribeye in two minutes. Yes. I'm suspicious of that as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, the cake baking is especially, I don't know. Is it uh, like 2,000 degrees? I don't know. <laughs> That's just it. For, how can that make it all the way through a cake and do that evenly? Like the, the, the infrared, okay, I get it. You know, okay, at least it's sensible-ish. But a cake, you got to go all the way and be gentle. So I don't understand how that works. And two brothers from Switzerland came up with a new cat door. I thought this might work in the Reardon house. And Abby. And Abby. But she doesn't have this issue as much. It's called Flappy. And it prevents cats from bringing dead mice and oh, other animals yes, and moles oh in and yes. moles from the yard. Oh, what does it do? How does it do that? It's outfitted with AI that can detect a dead animal in your cat's mouth, and it will not let them in until they drop it. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, we'd, we'd make use of that in our household for sure because we get lots of voles. That's what I mean. I figured your vole problem could be uh, over. Abby, does your cat, well, she didn't go outside. Nope, nope. My cat stays inside. He does not like oh, outside. Sorry, he. Oh, no, no worries. It's so funny because, Abby, you'd like this. I, I meant to save this video to show my daughter. I just had to describe it to her, but I was watching. This This kind of resonated with me because one of the things they go after is the chipmunks. And, I mean, they tag team. I got two cats that go outside. <laughs> they tag, and they tag team, team on these chipmunks? poor chipmunks. That's terrible. Well, there was a little Instagram video, TikTok or whatever, I saw it on Instagram, with a cat that was doing that. And the chipmunk 
jumped on top of the back, uh, back of the cat, the cat's back. So the cat kept turning its head around, and the chipmunk was on its back behind it, which I thought was awesome. I the chipmunk like won that. that round, yes. You go, chipmunk. Uh, and they also have a story out today. You kind of have to see the video. I'll, I guess I'll put it up on Twitter. There's a guy in England who would go out to his workshop in the morning and notice that little items had been cleaned up. No one had been in there. He couldn't figure out how this was happening. So finally, he set up a camera. And it turns out it's a mouse. And you they have a video of this mouse taking little items that he's put on the bench and putting it back into a container. Putting it back into a container all night long. It is nuts. I will share it on Twitter if you want to see it. I want to see it. You cannot believe it. Okay, I want to see it. And then there's another video that I just was reminded of. I saw this video, this is again on Instagram, of um, a squirrel. And it basically said the squirrel left a cookie for someone. And essentially there was a video, it was a ring camera, of this squirrel that had a big, it looked like a sugar cookie with like pink frosting in its mouth. And I've it, seen this. And it goes on to it's like nuts. the the ledge of the house yes. and the camera catches it and then he just kind of leaves it right yeah, there. It and the it. person comes home and the ring camera catches the reaction of the person saying, wait a second, somebody left me a cookie. It's <laughs> oh, pretty it's funny. It's really now, wild. But share that mouse. for sure, Sue. Yes. Yeah, with that mouse, apparently the container that it was stacking all the stuff up yes. in had two pieces of food at the bottom. Oh. So the owner thinks maybe... The mouse was trying to hide the food at the bottom of the container. Could be. And kept piling stuff oh on top my of gosh. It to it, hide the food. That's, that's funny. Because yeah. at first, we talked about it this morning. I'm like, is he making a nest? None of that stuff I made like any theory. sense I like Fred's to put that in. The food is the only thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sue's News is brought to you by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service. Go to MrAppliance.com. They are awesome. And if a cat caught the mouse and tried to bring it in through the AI door <laughs> thing, he would not be allowed. But you could also cook it in about 30 seconds That's if you had some true. of that other stuff. Just think Yikes. about that. Finally, in Sue's news, we have today's random fact. Quaker Oats was not founded by the Quakers. <laughs> it has never been involved with them in any way. They got the name because the company started in the late 1800s, and at the time, Quaker businessmen businessmen, businessmen were known for their honesty. So they thought they'd put that in the title. And that's it for Sue's News. Well, that's certainly changed over the years, hasn't Mm -hmm. it? There we go. Sue's News on a Tuesday afternoon. Mr. Kilmeade is coming up next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I like this rant from our next guest. Now, if you look at some of the experts, they're saying they spent $40 million to sell Bidenomics over the summer in lost ground. They try to t- sell democracy, it's losing ground. What's resonating is Trump is unelectable. He is not worthy of the seat. Hence the speech on Friday where the president won full Hitler that Trump is the worst thing ever, will destroy the country. But right. why, if you believe that, why would you do that in January, knowing that we're going to hear the same thing for nine months? By the right. time May comes up, we're not going to hear not this. Smart. Some excellent questions. Mr. Kilmeade, how are you this afternoon on this Tuesday? I love bumping in with me to get to me. I mean, that's a true honor. <laughs> I figured I mean, you that would. Is, that's genius. Uh, well, you're welcome. 
Uh, no charge today. <laughs> but look, that you know, I guess that that's one political story. Maybe the bigger political story of the day is uh, Nikki Haley gets the coveted Judge Judy endorsement. That's that's up there too. I would think. Right. Um, well, I'll tell you, she does have the afternoon women. She she was the number one syndicated show uh, for a long time. Uh, she's got this huge following, and among the people that looked up to her was Megyn Kelly. Said that's really really why she wanted to get into law. So. It may be more impactful. I'm not sure about if it's going to deliver Iowa or New Hampshire, but she is within single digits on the last poll within uh, to the former president. Well, isn't one of the big questions at this point, you know, we just had our meteorologist on here, Dave Murray, at the top of the hour. We got some weather moving in, but uh, most of it's going to happen at the end of the weekend and into next week. And then you're looking at the Iowa caucuses. I know they live in Iowa. You know, we live in Missouri. We can tough it out as well. But when you're below zero and maybe about 30 below, Brian, on caucus afternoon and evening, that's going to be a little challenge for people to get out, I think, and show up in garages. Great point. No doubt about it, except for the Iowa people are tough. I mean, they are used to it. I mean, it blows up. I mean, for me, I guess we've had it easier in New York the last few years, but uh, I'm not used to that. Uh, but it, it seems like they are. So maybe it won't be. It won't. It won't help the turnout. But I, I think Iowans are built a little different. They almost expect it. Uh, but DeSantis needs everyone to show, and Trump is worried that everyone will take his win for granted. Last poll, I think, was today, 20 points. So he's up 20. So I think that's uh, that's a little bit of a worry. You know why? Because Trump needs the knockout. He wants it for his court cases. He wants everyone to know you are going after the eventual nominee. You're not just going after a contender, the eventual nominee. The American people want me. Uh, and, that's, and that's what he wants to pose it as. He wants to put pressure on the courts that way. And if Iowa's close and New Hampshire's closer, leading to South Carolina, where he's supposed to win, but, you know, Haley was governor, so if it looks, looks like there's a contention there, that doesn't help his court case. But you know what? We don't get everything we want in life. Yeah. Well, go back to Nikki. I mean, what we're hearing, I think, and Brian, you tell me if you're hearing anything differently, is that, you know, she's closed the gap a little bit in Iowa. She's passed up DeSantis. And then in New Hampshire, the polling is relatively strong. So I guess we're going to see next week if there's going to be an opportunity to put a dent into some of this that Trump has. I thought she was great last night. Now, I know they weren't hitting her with the hardest questions ever. Uh, but it was really about the people, the town hall format, along with fact checking and rolling back sound bites of things she said. I, I liked it. But uh, she's definitely conversant. You saw the difference between the two. You saw her take on Trump a few times uh, and DeSantis. So a lot of people looked at that and said, yeah, she's good. You know, I think the Democrats were probably saying to themselves, a little bit harder. It's going to be a little bit harder to beat her. You know, of course, they're gonna, I mean, it's going to be a lot harder to beat her. Um, you know, I'm not putting down any Trump uh, Trump candidacy, but Trump oftentimes gets in his own way. Uh, you're going to have to beat Haley, even though she had three gaps, uh, gaps in 10 days. I do think those are smaller gaps uh, than the president usually makes, but he also we have a higher tolerance for him. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think she's really talented. I think if she was not – if Trump was not in the race – I think there'd be a lot more people in. I think oh, maybe I Tom Cotton would be in. I think Pompeo would be in. But I do think that she would be leading. So uh, speaking of gaffes, what's your take? We got a little bit more information on the Lloyd Austin situation. It's interesting because even the Washington Post editorialized about this pretty harshly on the White House. There seemingly is no explanation other than the defense secretary forgot to tell people he was going in the hospital. And when he did, it was too late. 
I don't get it. I mean, he went in and out of the hospital. He had a surgery, didn't tell anybody. Got out of the surgery, didn't tell anybody. Went back to emergency surgery, didn't tell anybody. I'm talking about his own chief of staff. Right. And, in fact, Admiral Kirby today, I don't know if you saw it, but he didn't say, well, you're wrong. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't try to hedge around it. He, he was, he's like, I've been in the dark. And the president didn't know it was prostate surgery, cost cancer surgery, until today. So he still hasn't learned anything. Come on, man. He's got to be fired. I'm sorry. There's too much at stake here. I mean, it's bad enough when our transportation secretary is incompetent, but we can't have our secretary of defense incompetent. All, all our futures are at stake. As was pointed out last night by Michael Waltz, so this is chain of command. If there was a missile attack on us, we have 15 minutes to react. It starts with the secretary of defense, then gets to the president. Our secretary of defense is gone. Our chief of staff, uh, his chief of staff had was sick. The deputy was just aware the other day that she was in charge, but not for a week. So come on. This, if this is not fireable, I don't know what is. Now there's a new policy. If you're going to miss work, you have to tell people. I don't know. Didn't we learn that just getting out of college? In fact, didn't I learn that working at the supermarket pushing carts? I mean, you cannot just miss work. The whole thing is baffling, and I think one thing we do know is if this and, – and I give credit. There, there are some questions that are being asked by you know media outlets that maybe won't ask questions about some of the other things. But you know damn well that if this happened with um, you know one of Trump's appointees that there would have been a lot more coverage. It's an important story, I think, given the nature of where we are in the world right now, especially with Iran. I talked to General Kellogg about this last, um, last hour, Brian, with Iran and obviously Ukraine and everything in Israel. That was not the best timing for Lloyd Austin – to do that. What do you make of all this going back kind of to election stuff? This is Michelle Obama. Those are the things that keep me up because you you don't have control over them. Mm -hmm. And you wonder where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? Now, she's talking about Donald Trump becoming president again, and those are the fears that keep her awake. There are people that believe that maybe there's going to be a convention move and Michelle Obama gets, you know, installed as this nominee in the summer. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I guess nothing's impossible at this point, but any thoughts on what the former first lady just said? Uh, Number one, she doesn't like Trump. Uh, so that's not breaking news. And every, she said everything except his name. Uh, you know, she could have went out of her way to say Joe Biden's done such a spectacular job. And he's such a wonderful man. I just hope he's able to get out there and explain to people how great he's doing. She did not take that as an opportunity to do it. Uh, she did say uh, one thing that I thought was nuanced but real. People say government doesn't really affect their lives. Don't worry about it. Government does everything. That's the problem. We don't want the government to do everything. We want less the government to have effect on everything we do, from the type of ovens we have to the car we drive. So that's the problem with the whole philosophy in which she's coming from. And she says, well, the stuff I've seen, you don't know the danger. I wish I could turn it off. She's worried about Trump. I'm not convinced that she would, uh, she would ever get in. I'm really not. Yeah, I'm not either. I always knew Hillary Clinton was ambitious. I've always said that. She always goes out of her way and says, absolutely not. Why do you keep asking me? Well, I think it's Bashir. If anybody else, it would be Governor Bashir that would jump in. I mean, I think I think Gavin yeah. Newsom's a, uh, an empty suit, uh, but Bashir, I think he would jump in. I think uh, that disaster in Illinois would jump in. Uh, I think Governor Whitmer would jump in. So uh, I think they would do it. And I think I don't think anybody would stand aside and say, "I want to be anointed." I think be, I think there'd be a mini battle royal. Uh, I think there would be, too. You know, Bashir's name is interesting in all that because that, that's a guy from, you know, just wins re-election, obviously, in Kentucky. That's a guy that might be able to get 
middle-of-the-road voters, for sure, because he is no Gavin Newsom. And I hadn't heard his name mentioned, so I find that interesting. Hey, far be it for me to tell you how to do your radio show, but can I offer you some show prep advice for tomorrow? Because I had a lot of fun with it. Brian, if you have not listened or watched the Aaron Rodgers interview with Pat McAfee today, do it. Because it's more than just about this dispute between Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers. Kimmel goes on last night, he does seven minutes of a monologue on Aaron Rodgers. They have this, you know, back and forth on um, the Epstein list, which I think is nuanced. And that's what Aaron Rodgers pointed out today. But it's beyond that because he goes into the COVID missteps and Dr. Fauci. It's really, really good. Highly recommended, so you should check it out if you have I watched the closed caption in the airport. I'm in D.C. today. I'm doing the show from Washington tomorrow. So I watched it in closed caption while waiting for my plane, and it looked fascinating. I'm glad he didn't apologize. Look, he wasn't calling him a pedophile. That's what he's trying to say. He's like, yeah, maybe Jimmy Kimmel will pop on that list because Leo DiCaprio was on that list, and um, uh, there was a, a lot of people. Hillary Clinton was on that list. Uh, you know, Dershowitz was on that list. He wasn't saying pedophile. You could jump to that. And by the way, he sits there and beats up on people every single day, personally targeting them. And for him to go after Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago on his decision not to get the vaccine, Rodgers will never forget because it really caused some backlash to him. And also a lot of the stuff that Rodgers said ended up being 100 percent correct. He cares Absolutely. about what's in his body. Yeah. And what about the thing when he said soft brain? What does that mean? He goes, you think I've been concussed too much? Like you trying to say that? Uh, I'm uh, mentally, you know, I'm sorry I went to junior college. Yeah, yeah. well, so here's here's the money bite. Here, if you'd like me to email this for you, you, you have your own resources. You can get this. But this is my favorite. Ready? Here we go. I'm glad that, that Jimmy uh, is not on the list. I really am. And and uh, I don't think uh, he's the P word. Um, and Wait for it. You know, I think it's impressive that a man who went to uh, Arizona State and has 10 uh, joke writers can read off a prompter. Mic drop there, Brian, from Aaron Rodgers. Love it. That was pretty good. What's up on One Nation this weekend? We still put it together. It might be live uh, because of Iowa, the buildup and everything like that. So uh, also might have a Trump speech in the middle. So I don't know if, uh, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're going to be reacting to the news right now. We have um, – yeah, it's too early. I would Tuesday. say I would but, say live yeah. as yet is Tuesday. I kind of forgot about that. I would say live is probably a good option considering the news cycle. You have a great week. We'll talk next week after the caucuses. Hi, Mark. Go get him. Today is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, and our own Sue Thomas got an opportunity to do something pretty cool earlier today in South St. Louis. And we're going to highlight that with Jay Greenberg, who is the current special agent in charge of the St. Louis office of the FBI. And so you teased this a little bit earlier, but you got to do something that, that I was able to do when I was in the FBI Citizens Academy. You took part in a, um, in a simulation, simulation yeah. a shooting simulation, to decide whether or not you should shoot or not shoot, basically putting you in the position that an officer might be in, right, yeah. in a mass shooting or in another situation. And you think that you watch TV and you, you have an idea of this, but you know what? You really don't. And it's... Uh, it's up to the second. It, it, it's just really um, eye-opening. That's all I'm going to say. Well, well, you've already been through I, it. I you have, know. but and I, I, I don't. There's no possible way for you know us to offer an opportunity for the audience to do this. I wish there was because yeah. it would be so valuable for people just to experience it. But Jay's going to come in and talk about it. I don't know if you heard the story. I never got to this yesterday, and there's been a good result over the weekend. There was a lot of stuff happening in Pennsylvania to remove a statue of William Penn the guy that the state is named after because he's a white supremacist. It's oh. always about that. But they've actually 
flipped it around. And the governor of Pennsylvania got involved. And Selena Zito, you know, Selena was just wow. on the show last week. She lives in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area. She writes for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner. But she wrote a column about this. And the update is, is actually a positive thing. So we'll get into that in the next hour. A few stories before we, uh, we wrap up things for the 5 o'clock hour. I think this is interesting, a little media story. Don Lemon is coming back. And Elon Musk has got him on X, formerly Twitter. Um, so, you know, he got pushed out of CNN and we've made fun of Don Lemon Don Lemon quite a bit over the years especially because he um, opened his flap so much in the aftermath of what happened in Ferguson with Mike Brown and came into town and did his shows and all this other stuff but he's going to do what Tucker's doing on X and going to do a show out there. Now, what what's interesting here is somebody dug this up and it was going a little viral today. Listen to this Don Lemon. I don't know what year this was from. I don't know what happened to the guy, but maybe this guy comes back. Don Lemon on X. Maybe he'll be a little bit more honest. Black people, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five. Pull up your pants. Walking around with your underwear showing is not okay. In fact, it comes from prison when they take away belts from the prisoner so that they can't make a weapon. Number four now. Wait, wait, that was just racist, Don Lemon. I'm just telling you, to tell young African-Americans to pull their pants up, you're just racist. Okay, I just want to say that. Is the N-word. By promoting the use of that word when it's not germane to the conversation, have you ever considered that you may just be perpetuating the stereotype the master intended? Now, no, I don't know about that either. That just sounds like white supremacy, right? Number three, respect where you live. Start small by not dropping trash, littering in your own communities. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. Well, that is a very good point. And, I, Sue, I shared this with you earlier. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't have permission to do that. But, you know, we were talking yesterday about the, uh, the $250 million that the Rams money, um, that the city has from the Rams settlement, right? And the, the list of things to do something about it, it doesn't really focus on anything that the city really needs, like, oh, I don't know, more uh, public safety. Correct. But I had a mother that, that emailed me this morning, and uh, her name was Meredith. I'll just give her first name. And I thought this was awesome. And she's got a daughter. She says, I'm a devoted fan of your program. So clearly she's very smart. I was inspired to email you after listening to the conversation regarding the Ram settlement. My daughter is a junior. I won't mention the school here. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. And took a history of St. Louis class this fall. It was an incredible course, she says. The culminating project was a presentation on what to do with the settlement money. She had recently finished a project on Prude I Go and ended up teaching me so much, Mom said. Her idea was to use the money... This is a high school senior, right? To use the money to create affordable housing, but have more owner buy-in, something akin to rent-to-own idea. She thought that part of the problem with other public housing is that there is no stake investment in the actual complex, so people don't take pride in it. Her yeah. group won the presentation, just wanted to share. I wrote back to Meredith. I said, she's absolutely correct. Yeah. You know, if you don't have any stake or ownership, why the hell would you care if it goes to the rhyme, the word that rhymes with it? I almost said it on the air there. Uh, I also wanted to know if she'd be willing to come on the air because I told mom she should be very proud. And, you know, it's not the first person to come up with that idea, but she's absolutely on target. And by the way, I would say smarter than the mayor of St. Louis because you don't hear her talking about stuff like this. A little bit more of Don Lemon actually making sense. This is stunning, actually. Number two, finish school. 
Stop telling kids they're acting white because they go to school or they speak proper English. A high school dropout makes on average $19,000 a year. A high, a high school graduate makes $28,000 a year. A college graduate makes $51,000 a year. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. So that raises some questions for me. A couple of questions. One, where the hell did that guy go right? in the past few years on CNN? But doesn't it also bring you to this question, which is the real guy? Right. What is what is this is the problem with a lot of the people in the media. You don't know what the hell they stand for when they're being real or not. And I think that's part of the problem. Look, I'm a call it like I see it type of person. And I'm going to criticize people on the right if they do something stupid. And I'll criticize people on the left. Now, I'm predispositioned to vote for conservative candidates because my ideology is conservative libertarian. But, you know, how can you even believe anything that comes out of Don Lemon's mouth if he Good said question. that a few years ago? Then he turned it around to make every little thing about race. Now, was that where he was being pushed because the higher ups, Chris Lick and those at CNN were saying this is what you got to do for ratings? I have no idea. But isn't that kind of interesting that that was Don it Lemon? It is. Because if you would juxtapose that with plenty of what Don Lemon said in the past few years, you would find nothing of that sort. Found that interesting. There you go. Don Lemon, new show on X. We will absolutely wait and see what that's going to hold for us. 455, hour number three, Jay Greenberg from the FBI is going to talk about what Sue did today. It's pretty cool and important. We'll get to that. Audio cut of the day, Selena Zito, in the next hour as well. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 